Chapter 1 A king stands upon his favorite fertile plateau where the ground is a unique mixture of clay and red soil that breathes fresh, new, energetic life. A cool breeze of wind pushes against his hairy, bare, muscular thigh from an easterly direction. He finds himself looking out upon a vast, rich, fertile kingdom which lies far below. With all that has been given to him through divine order, this particular king stands with a decision that must be made. He thinks to himself, How did it come to this? Creator beyond the here and now, please give me the wisdom, the power, and the strength to do that which must be done. Four and a half billion years later, a woman awakens from a most strange anesthetic at Norfolk General. She comes to in what feels like was only a few short seconds that had passed, but it's been more like six hours. That was the required time quoted to Latrice Foster by her fertility specialist, Dr. Marlon Vincent. Latrice, how are you, dear? Latrice had nothing to say, but it felt like she was just sucked in the jaw, but her entire body was feeling woozy and sluggish. Her head was throbbing, and her body moved as if it were going through vegetable oil. Latrice had made arrangements to have a car take her home after this fertility treatment, but just as she is being wheelchaired out onto the welcome carpet, her husband Rick pulls up in his white 66 Mercury Cougar. The abrupt screeching sounds of his stop does nothing but aggravate Latrice's monumental headache. Annoyed, Rick gets out of the car and signals for the driver of the black Escalade to just move on. The driver just shakes his head and skirts off. None of this is how Latrice wanted this to go. Rick says to the nurse, I, I can take it from here. The nurse backs up a little because Rick is clearly not even in the mood to be confronted, questioned, or for any parting instructions. He helps Latrice into the passenger seat of the car. He makes sure that her limp body is in and quickly closing the door. Again, not having any sympathy for her current fragile state. He darts around the back of the car and just shakes his head. The nurse watches to make sure that his patient is okay. He doesn't have a choice. Rick says nothing, but he keeps on driving. Ten seconds go by and he takes it easy on the second bump right before he leaves the parking lot. Latrice could sigh and relax. But then the dude pulls out onto Brambleton Avenue so quick that it almost causes him to get hit from the rear. He turns to Latrice and says, what in the world were you doing there? Latrice looks out of the window and sees blurry images. Slow down. What happened? I do not feel like having this conversation right now. In the quiet tone that she responded in, lets Rick know that she is indeed suffering from the pain of her recovery. After they stop at the pharmacy to grab her prescription, Rick gets back in the car and he wants to say something. But how in the world do you argue with someone who is in pain? 
They get back to their home and Rick makes sure that his wife gets inside of the house. Latrice tries to make it up the stairs, but she stops on the first landing and comes back downstairs. She gets on the sofa and closes her eyes for a second. That second turns into four hours. When she opens her eyes, there's Rick sitting right there in front of her in the single chair, waiting. Hey, we need to talk. Latrice mumbles. Tomorrow. I thought that we discussed and agreed to you not undergoing any surgical procedures. Latrice finds it easy to say nothing in response. Look, Rick, you act like you know everything. Stop. Just stop. This is not about me being right. Latrice struggles to sit up as she forces herself to sit and stare Rick in his eyes. What? What? What, Rick? What? You made a promise. I had to make a choice. Whatever. Such a dreadful night to have to face. Anything else that they've built together to this point has just disintegrated altogether. Rick leans up against the long floor-to-ceiling window, gazing out onto the headlights in their neighborhood. His breathing pattern and the moisture that he's putting on the glass is indicative of how unclear and misunderstood Latrice is making him feel. And since Latrice doesn't take his silence as a cue to try to go back upstairs, Rick manages to stay. You just had to have your own way, didn't you? It's incredible that you just had to go on without me. He's trying so hard to remain sensitive to Latrice's current state, and she responds. Rick, you didn't want to hear a damn thing she had to say. No, I didn't. We said that we were going to wait before we went ahead, remember? Latrice tries to remember, but it's just no use. What neither Rick nor Latrice was privy to was what went on during those six hours of Latrice being under. There were no doctors and no staff that performed any medical procedures on her. After the anesthesiologist put Latrice under, the operating room and the team were completely prepared for the surgery. To Latrice's knowledge, it was going to be the removal of troublesome fibroids. But for whatever reason, Dr. Vincent was yet to arrive. Then the unexpected echo of high heels increased as someone was advancing towards the operating room. The lights by which to operate began to dim. The peculiar look of uncertainty on the uncovered parts of the staff's faces broke the protocol in monitoring Latrice, as well as the instruments that were connected to her. Dr. Vincent comes through the double doors and holds them open as she stands, refusing to come any further. Her eyes began to sparkle behind her designer frames, lightening to a hue of pulsating neon blue. Dr. Vincent then sends a pulse of high-intense heat from her eyes throughout the room, targeting each one of the seven staff members, causing each one of their bodies to disappear, leaving a semicircle of separate piles of blue scrubs and shoes. Dr. Vincent would never even enter the operating room all the way. She whips around in her white coat and leaves. Dr. Vincent 
was the prey of a being from another time and space that was currently occupying her and using her as a host. And that being's name was simply referred to as Five. And he says to another being who actually taught him in his ways, Raja, are you and your wishly cohorts ready to perform your ritual? Well, it's about time. I've been standing by forever. You're wasting time. And in that instant, the operating room is filled with a sinister evil, one that has not been on Earth since the fertile planet's inception. The seven seemingly beautiful witches that fall under the spirit Rajah's command all materialize inside the room, and they begin to immediately advance towards the helpless Latrice. Hours after she's been revived and is back now at home, Latrice begins to feel nauseous. Her eyes begin to flutter rapidly and she is hit with a sharp pain within the abdomen and it takes every ounce of breath out of her body. Rick slowly moves towards her. What's wrong? Latrice rocks back and forth in Indian style, mashing in on her stomach. Rick kneels down and says, try not doing that. If you press in too hard, it might rupture where they did the incision. And then Rick lifts her favorite red cotton long sleeve shirt. To both their surprise, there's no scar. Rick looks at Latrice. What's going on? Rick is annoyed, but he knows she's in pain. And as it builds rapidly, a tear comes forth from her watery eyes. And she falls over to the side. And in that instant, Latrice's actual spirit is ripped away from her body, leaving the physical body limp. And Rick goes into a panic. Latrice, hey! Hey! But in the midst of that panic, Latrice's spirit is pulled helplessly from the house into the air and is requested far away from the Earth's atmosphere. The innocence of her spirit was never meant or designed to travel across the vastness of the galaxy in this manner. That which mattered most to Latrice was Rick. And that which mattered most to Rick was caught somewhere beyond the Crab Nebula. Not even Rick in all of his knowledge on astrophysics has ever considered this as a possibility. He was on their sofa and she at least the part that really mattered, was somewhere else, far away. Rick was feeling just as helpless while standing at the window, breathing out the warmth and moisture of his pain out onto the window. Meanwhile, Latrice's spiritual body was moving ever so quickly along a path that an earth being would liken to the DNA of the universe, or the Risa, in a foreign measure of time. Latrice arrived at what her mind would consider to be a boundary of her home universe. The seven witches had performed a perfect spiritual anesthetic. But in this state of spiritual unconsciousness, she was permitted to be aware of what was happening. Her new eyes, in which she now possessed, seized a strange border, draped in a tall white curtain that extended itself as far to the right as it did to the left. She was amazed even more as to how far up it went. The border of the universe has so much puzzling simplicity 
Yet Latrice's mind was not able to grasp what it truly was. So much so that Latrice could not even recognize the soft, caressing hand of terror, which was now extracting the very fetus that has been struggling to survive within her womb for five months. Latrice did not move, for this calculated touch was a cross between Rick's tender embrace and the comforting way in which Dr. Vincent examined Latrice during those three visits. It felt so familiar that Latrice thought it was indeed just another medical office visit. The best of all visits. Better than any prescriptive drug. And better than any deliberate touch on the tip of Rick's soft and strong middle finger. And all of that allowed Latrice's guard to come down. And to surrender. And now that she is near the perimeter. The spirit Raja has much more control. Her voice says to Latrice. It's what you've wanted all along. But none of these intergalactic mysterious beings had foreseen nor calculated the special bond that is shared between Latrice and her husband, Rickland Foster. Latrice opens her eyes to the harsh reverb of Rick's voice. Latrice, Latrice, stay with me. In the next few minutes, her body is in the passenger seat of Rick's vintage sports car that has a few modern customized features. The clock on the dash reads 9.49.40 p.m., but those baby blue numbers blur in and out as a limp Latrice continues to remain loyal to this feeling of absolute submission. Earlier that afternoon, an all-powerful, seemingly all-knowing spiritual witch had actually taken on the form of the real Dr. Vincent. The effects of her dark, sinister magic were now manifesting itself in real time as Rick sped Latrice to the emergency room at Centera Hospital. Rick was enduring and trying to manage his own trying moment, but he only had two hands. He had to drive down a busy I-64, try to get this Dr. Vincent on the phone, snap his fingers in Latrice's face to keep her awake, switch lanes around annoying drivers in the rain, cut his windshield wipers on put the now ringing cell phone on his shoulder and grabbed Latrice's weak hand. He was just as helpless as Latrice. Latrice. He ends the call, and because he's not paying attention to the road, he slams on the brakes to keep from hitting the back of the car that apparently ran out of gas or something. Meanwhile, in this part of unimaginable space, this strange, powerful sorceress, Raja is having her way with the essence of Latrice. It is only here that Raja is able to unleash her true evil power, according to her master. But there is another power who must weigh in on this matter. 